You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Thursday edition of Locked On College Football. I'm Kevin McGuire from Locked On Indian Lions. My usual partner in crime here for these Thursday episodes, Matt Moscona. Not going to be with us today, but he will be dropping in with an interview he has with Cole Kubelik of ESPN so we can get some insight and some analysis and some reaction to some of the college football headlines that are going on around the SEC. And of course, on Wednesday was SEC schedule extravaganza day. If you want to talk about the schedules, hit me up on Twitter because I haven't really digested it too much. And we're not going to really break down uh, wins and losses just yet, but that's certainly something we can look forward to maybe as the offseason goes. I will say LSU getting a chance to finish off uh, their regular season with three home games. Looks like a pretty manageable schedule for LSU. If you're looking for a team that I feel like has a opportunity to bounce back at least a little bit next year. I don't see why it wouldn't be LSU. They get Auburn and Florida at home, and those games will be played in October. Uh, of course, they'll get the bye week before Alabama, but of course, Alabama gets a bye week before LSU, and uh, Alabama is still Alabama. So I think LSU is going to be a pretty interesting team to watch next year, and I think the schedule actually throws them a couple of favors. But if you want to dive into all the other SEC schedules, we're going to do that another time because there's really just too much to really digest about what went down on Wednesday, specifically with the Tennessee Volunteers, because the big announcement was made that Tennessee has a head coach now. Uh, Danny White, the former athletics director of UCF, who was recently hired by Tennessee to take on that role as AD, he's bringing his head coach with him. <laughs> Josh Heupel is going to be leaving UCF and taking over the Tennessee Volunteers program as the new head coach. I would imagine that a good handful of the staff that was working for Hypel at UCF is going to be making the move to Knoxville as well. I don't know really what to make of this hire because as much as I like Josh Hypel, I, I think he is a good coach. I just don't think that he had UCF going in the direction that a lot of people were hoping he would continue having them where Scott Frost had them before Scott Frost left for Nebraska. And I don't necessarily say that this is a bad coach and hire. It seems kind of easy and convenient, though, because we know that Tennessee, obviously, uh, the way things have gone down with Tennessee, there's a little bit of a messy situation, right? So you bring in a new AD, and it's a tough time to make a coaching hire. We've said that before. You know, the coaching carousel has pretty much come to a halt unless anything opens up with the NFL coaching uh, carousel going on. But it looks like now is a tough time to be making a coaching hire because not only have all the coaching changes around the, the head coaching world, at least for college football, kind of uh, run its course. But now you're coming up a week away from the, the second national signing day, the traditional national signing day. And now you're bringing in a new head coach. Obviously, when you make the decision to fire a head coach when Tennessee did the way that it did, it's going to be a sticky situation anyway. So your new AD has very short time to make a coaching hire. So it feels pretty convenient that he has a guy that he left behind at a group of five program. And now he's just going to bring him over to the SEC and the Tennessee Volunteers. I'm looking curious to see what Josh Heupel is going to do with Tennessee, because certainly there's a lot of room to build. And I don't know if we can necessarily say that Josh Heupel is a program builder because he inherited a very good UCF program. Uh, obviously, they didn't reach the same levels of success that Scott Frost had with UCF, although he, he had some good games. He certainly had some good times with the UCF Knights, but it didn't look as though this was a program that was 
heading towards continuing to be one of the top teams to beat in the group of five race. And that's not really necessarily a mark. I mean, obviously there are some other programs that have been doing some really good things, including Cincinnati, but I'll be very curious to see how this all plays out. And again, we'll have to just wait and see exactly what the staff is going to look like. Again, I would imagine that a lot of the UCF staff is going to come with Heupel. Doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to be leaving Orlando for Knoxville. And now, of course, uh, there's a pretty interesting job vacancy that's available now with UCF. And that's a pretty good landing spot for any coach that's on the rise up. So I'll be very curious to see what UCF does. And of course, now Josh Heupel in the uh, the SEC with the Vols. It's going to be interesting because we obviously know that Tennessee is in a very difficult division with Georgia and Florida and doesn't look like either of those two programs are going to be going away anytime soon. Kentucky actually is in a pretty stable condition, relatively speaking, certainly compared to Tennessee. Uh, you know, Tennessee probably still has a leg up on Vanderbilt for sure. But uh, you look around the rest of that division and all of a sudden you know, it's still rode up for Tennessee going up a, a rocky mountain, right? <laughs> if they're going to go to Rocky Top, they're going to have to go up some rocky terrain to get there. And going through Georgia and going through Florida with Josh Heupel trying to rebuild a program, it's a great unknown right now. Doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to fail and blow up in Tennessee's face, but I think Danny White made the best possible hire he could have made in this particular situation. Obviously, I don't know how Josh Heupel is going to resonate with a lot of Tennessee fans. We saw what happened the last time they went through a coaching search, but you know what? Maybe the decision's made, you move on, and you see what happens from here. I don't think that Danny White's going to be backing away from the guy that he hired to coach UCF uh, after he had to go through a coaching change. So he obviously feels very comfortable. He feels very confident in his selection. We'll see how that all plays out moving forward. And if you're looking to travel some rocky terrain, maybe you want to make sure your car or your truck is in the best possible condition you could have it in. And the best way to do that is with our friends at rockauto.com. That's right, rockauto.com, they're a family business. They've been in business serving customers with their auto supplies needs online for 20 years. And there's a reason for that. It's because they give you the most simple, basic, straightforward process of selecting everything you need for your car or truck. Just go to rockauto.com and you enter the make and model of your vehicle. And it brings you up the entire catalog of everything they have available for your car or truck. And do what I do. Go to that website, enter the, the make and model of your car, and bookmark those results. So you've got a nice, handy, easy, go-to reference anytime you need anything for your car. It doesn't matter if you need oil, brake pads, headlights, rear view lights, a, a side mirror, you know, maybe you need some floor mats, maybe you need some oil. It doesn't matter what you need for your car. They're going to make sure you have exactly what you need available to you. And they're going to give you the best prices available. It doesn't matter if you're a professional or a complete amateur who really knows nothing about cars like me. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And don't forget to write locked on in their How did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Are you craving a brand new daily sports fix? We'll get to know Locked On today. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from all of our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Busy day in the SEC. Tennessee named Josh Heupel its head coach. The SEC released its 2021 football schedule, the composite schedule. And uh, LSU's made a few more staff hires. Had the great chance to chat with uh, Cole Kublik of the SEC Network and Jocks FM there in Birmingham. And we started our conversation 
with Cole's reaction to the Josh Heupel hire on Rocky Top. Man. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, you can try to sell this to me as, um, you know, your your first choice or a guy you were really interested in. Or, But first off, on the surface, this looks like you went and hired a guy so he would go get his guy, and this was some sort of combo deal at the drive-thru that we just got. Um, <laughs> doesn't does. feel super exciting. Um, I, I have been saying for two weeks, that I thought what Tennessee needed more than anything else was leadership, guidance, uh, the ability to uh, sort of know how to build from the ground up to develop a foundation of where a program needs to go. Having been around some programs in a leadership position and, and having some authority as to, you know, sort of mitigate and manage the things that are happening behind the scenes, because God knows right now uh, things are not all heading in the right direction behind those scenes. We, we've seen that where, We've had an administration um, essentially pull uh, a Benedict Arnold and, and kind of overthrow their own head coach. And then we had to sit through a press conference where I literally couldn't tell the difference if the sitting athletic director who was on his way out was being inducted in some sort of Hall of Fame or if we were actually firing our head football coach. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, it, it seems like now they – I actually like the Danny White hire. I think that's a good outside-the-box, bring in a free thinker, somebody who's not afraid to go against the grain – who's really not afraid to just do what he wants, say what he wants, think what he wants, that was good. And then I think you probably got down to options somewhere between four and six and said, oh, man, we need to go hire a football coach. All these guys are telling us that they're not going to do it and they're not going to take it because we can't tell them what the NCAA is going to do. Therefore, you land on Josh Heupel, who is going to move the ball, is going to score points, is going to be fun. Uh, but I don't know if he has the ability to delegate authority, if he has the leadership skills to be able to put a staff together that's going to really compete in this league. We've seen this league in multiple facets, multiple ways, chew people up and spit them out very quickly. And that could be how you're dealing with your staff. That could be recruiting. That could be on the field scheming, X's and O's. It could be a lot of different ways. And you know, Josh Heupel is not a very fuzzy and lovable human being. I will say that. Hmm. And so, therefore, when you're talking about maybe the most unrealistic fan base in college football, definitely in the SEC, alongside a, a, a group of media that, that is pretty deep that covers the team in a league that just has a different kind of coverage than anybody else, things start going bad. How's he going to handle it? Mm. I, I don't really know. I don't know the answers to that. So um, it will be very interesting to watch. Um, I don't think Hendon Hooker's the guy that can direct the offense the way he needs it to. So he's got to get to the portal quickly and, and try to rebuild what I would probably grade right now as a bottom third roster in the SEC. Wow. I think you put Vanderbilt below them, and then I think we could have some real discussions with Arkansas and South Carolina as to who has the better roster. What do you think about LSU hiring Durante Jones on the defensive side? Actually, better I, question, I, did you know who Durante Jones was 72 hours ago? <laughs> I, I did. I don't know him, uh, okay. and I'm not overly familiar with his work, but I do know who he is. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't, I, by I the way. That, I had no clue. Zero idea. It's okay. I, 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 I haven't really been aware of the majority of the NFL head coaches that have been hired recently. So sure. that's, that's okay. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, I think Ed Ordron's had some success going to the NFL. I think this hire was vetted uh, with people who've been around him and understand what he's doing. And I think when you look at, at sort of what he has been, what he has had the authority over in the NFL and, and what he's had guidance over there. And then what he'll have at LSU, I think it has a chance to work out pretty well. You got a head coach that obviously is going to focus on the defensive side of things can help out with your D line. And you get a couple other guys in there that are going to be able to get this thing right. Here's the other part of it. And I, I would kind of say this about the LSU 
offense even a little bit more so than than the, the defense. But there's still some dudes over there. I mean, you got two big time pass rushers. You got a really good defensive tackle. You got the best corner cover, cover corner in college football. You got two other corners in in Eli Ricks and Cordell Flott that have proven that they can go out there and they can play. Uh, I think your secondary outside of safety looks pretty good. It's deep enough. Um, you know, linebacker is not as proven as it has been in some previous years, but I mean, you got some guys to work with. So I don't think you got to come in there with a bunch of glamorous blitz schemes and be able to run 52 coverages in every game to be able to find success. Not to mention, kind of like what I talked about the offense, you know, what they got at quarterback, receiver, majority offensive line coming back should be able to score points. Therefore, life always gets a little bit easier on a DC when you got points on the board. Makes you wonder how, with all that talent, it ever went as bad as it did last year in Baton Rouge. Why Bo Pelini's not here right now. Uh, Cole Kublik is. He's on Twitter at Cole Kublik, SEC Network, ESPN, of course, Jocks FM there in Birmingham. When you're, when you're playing pick a call with your pre- – like pick a card with your pressure schemes, I mean, I, 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 it's one reason it's fine. I mean, literally, like you take a deck of cards, you put them apart, and like pick your card. I, like Pretend those are pressure schemes, and I literally feel like that, that's what I was watching the majority of the time last year. I mean, it's – look – Cole, a lot of the conversation right here was that Bo was, you know, last one in, first one out. I mean, I think you just had a guy that was that was checked out, man. Guy was sitting on a giant contract, had a bunch of buyout money, and wasn't super interested. That's why the Durante Jones going younger guys that are at least aspirational makes a little sense, right? I mean, you're you're looking at guys that are coming in motivated. It's sort of the counter opposite of what you had a year ago with with Pelini and with Scott Linehan. Absolutely, I, I think. I think energy is a big word in college football right now because there's a ton of guys that I talk to on a regular basis in the SEC, outside the SEC, head coaches, coordinators, assistant coaches, that they'll admit to you right now they don't really have the energy for what it takes now, and they're damn sure not going to have the energy for what it's going to be in two to three years. And that's why you're seeing so many different guys look for NFL jobs, whether it's as a position coach, whether it's as a coordinator, some trying as a head coach. I mean, there's a reason that a lot of these college coaching names continue to be brought up for potential coordinator and head coaching positions in the NFL. There's a large, there's a larger percentage of college coaches that want out now, Matt, than ever before. I really believe that because they know what's coming. They know what it is already. And they know what's about to come with NIL and with what this transfer rule is about to turn into. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the energy for it, it's you're, you're going to be done in a hurry. Great point. Uh, Let's look at the schedule. Um, Who did the SEC do dirty? Um, I, I, let me say this first and foremost about the league. A couple of things that I like. Okay, the majority of our non-cons are going to be out of the way by the time we get to October. Yep. I think that's a good thing. Go ahead, just, let's, let's just get those done, get them over with. It is what it is. Uh, there are some great non-conference games. LSU, UCLA, uh, Georgia, Clemson, Bama, Miami. we got some great non Auburn, Penn State. got some great non-cons first month of the season. Uh, I also like the fact that the lettuce weekend looks like it is now deteriorating and it's, it's just going to be like a little small piece of lettuce on our burger. We're not going to have to deal with like a, a half a head of lettuce on our <laughs> burger on November the 20th. Like you know, all these people, here's the thing, Matt, all these people call it cupcake weekend. I actually enjoy cupcakes. I like cupcakes. I like a lot of cupcakes. I'll eat a cupcake anytime. So the you people calling them cupcake games have got it all wrong. So I refer to this as lettuce weekend because we can all do with less lettuce, right? Whether it's a burger, whether it's like a grilled cheese, a turkey sandwich. Like, nobody asks for more lettuce on their <laughs> sandwich. Get the lettuce out. And I feel like the SEC, if the schedule is a sandwich, they've taken a lot of the lettuce out of that lettuce weekend, November 20th, and they started to move it around a little bit. I think that's also a great thing. So, I, I love it, but I, I think you missed the point of the analogy, Cole. 
I'm still like I I really wish people would start calling it lettuce weekend or fill in the word like like Brussels sprouts weekend. What is the worst thing that you don't want to eat? Put it on that weekend. I'm with you. But I'm glad. Yeah, so hey. For me, it would probably be like Black Eyed Peas weekend. Okay. Uh, and so get get rid of those. Don't need those. Um, who who got got in this deal? Uh, the three schedules that stuck out to me were Auburn, South Carolina, and Arkansas. Okay. And I don't know. I mean, here's another thing that I like. You don't see any back-to-back-to-back road games. In the last few years, we've seen two or three teams that have three consecutive road games that got away from that. So I think the league is beginning to smarten up a little bit and say, all right, let's see how we can sort of you know, negotiate this and make it as fair as possible across the board. I don't like the fact that Ole Miss has their, their open week on, on September 25th. That's way too early mm-hmm. from, if for me personally. Uh, I think Vanderbilt is way too late. But you're not going to get them all right there in the middle. You just can't, can't have it that way. So – uh, I, I don't look at any schedule and say, ooh, the SEC really ha- – I mean, like, when they redid a couple of those last year, like, we looked at Pittman. <laughs> we're like, what did you do, man? Like, who did you piss off over there? Um, you know, and we kind of looked at Eli, and we're like, man, you should probably should just keep your mouth shut for a little while because it's pretty apparent what's happening to you. Uh, I don't think any of them were that bad, but those were the three that stuck out to me. Those were the three that had an individual month. Like, look at Auburn's October. You know, they get South Carolina's November, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then there's one month in there, too, for Arkansas where you're just like, holy hell, if you guys get through that alive, you're going to be in good shape. Yeah. You look at, uh, you know, non-con against Texas, but then also Texas A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn throughout. Uh, oh. Through, yeah, that's that's brutal for Arkansas. Good luck there. Uh, Cole Kublik on Twitter, at Cole Kublik of the SEC Network. You can watch one game on September the 4th, just one. Which is it? Give me, give me the games. Give me what we got. What so we got? you're probably looking at Georgia Clemson, LSU UCLA, uh, and uh, I thought there was one. Oh, uh, Ole Miss Louisville. Bama, there was Miami? one more. Bama Miami. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I knew there was one more. Miami's interesting. You know, DeAndre Johnson transfers down there from Tennessee. Uh, he was their best pass rusher. Um, I, I, I like what they have coming back on the O line. I still don't think it's great, and, and I, I love what Red does. I like Derek King a lot. I'm not going to beat Alabama. Um, Georgia can beat Clemson. Clemson can beat Georgia. Um, that offense at Georgia next year has got a chance to be really good. But JT Daniels now set in. George Pickens back. Caleb backs are great. Uh, Washington back tight end. I mean, they got a chance to be really good, and that might be the best defense in the nation. Clemson got everybody coming back legitimately. All 11 starters and then some are coming back on that defense. So with Brian Breesy and those guys up front, that would be the one that, that I would want to watch. Legitimate national championship implications. Um, and then too, because, you know, if Clemson drops that game, can they make up the ground? I don't know if the schedule is going to be strong enough or the conference championship game is going to be strong enough for them to make up with it, especially if Alabama takes out Miami that day. I think that hurts the conference as well. So I mean, it could not only be a big hit for Clemson, it could be a gigantic hit to the ACC in general on that day. But that that's the one that I would go with. I don't, I don't have a lot of concerns with LSU against UCLA right now. So, uh, Georgia Clemson, absolutely going to be the one I'd watch. We'll wrap up this edition of the Locked On College Football Podcast. Got to remind you about our friends at BetOnline.ag. 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 If you wager on sports, if you want to have some fun and have a little skin in the game, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. It's the site that I've used for more than a decade now. It is free to sign up. It is super easy to use, safe, secure. And when you go sign up, when you go initially to make your deposit of funds to wager with, There'll be a line for the promo code. Put locked on 
in that bar, one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, and they'll give you a 50, 50 50% welcome bonus. So basically, if you deposit 100 bucks, they'll give you 50 bucks free to play with. Deposit 1,000 bucks, they'll give you 500 bucks free to play with. On and on and on, you get it. BetOnline.ag. Of course, the Super Bowl is coming up. You want to bet on the Super Bowl, the fun prop bets for the Super Bowl. Also, futures for all sports of the NBA, college basketball, Major League Baseball is going to be right around the corner before you know it. They got fun games as well that you can play casino games. BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag. Promo code locked on to get your 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And, of course, it's still January. How the New Year's resolution coming? Number one New Year's resolution for everybody is to lose weight, get in shape. Um, you still reaching for candy bars? Don't do it. Reach for a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar in the world. They are stocked full in my pantry. I'll never eat another protein bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is soft and easy to chew, unlike so many protein bars, which are thick and chalky and hurt your jaw because it's tough. This ain't that. 12 original flavors, six new flavors. Find your favorite. If it's caramel brownie, lemon almond cheesecake, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, find it today at BuiltBar.com. And be sure to use the promo code Locked On to save 20% off your order. Again, use the promo code Locked On to save 20% off your order at BuiltBar.com. All right, obviously, we have talked a lot about the SEC in today's particular episode, but if you want to get more of your SEC fix, make sure you check out Locked On SEC Podcast. And hey, if you're a Big Ten fan, check out the Locked On Big Ten Podcast. We've got all things Big Ten basketball and football covered on Locked On Big Ten, and the same goes for the SEC coverage with Locked On SEC. So wherever you're getting your podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you check out Locked On Big Ten and Locked On SEC. And of course, we have podcasts for many of your favorite teams, both in college and pro so make sure you check them all out. But again, check out Locked On SEC, Locked On Big Ten, and of course, subscribe to Locked On College Football. And speaking of the Big Ten, and since we're on the topic of coaching news and coaching hires, how about Northwestern locking down Pat Fitzgerald to a 10-year contract extension on Wednesday? And I think it's well-deserved, and I think this is a certainly a Northwestern guy through and through. There's no question about it. You know, Pat Fitzgerald has literally... Uh, spilled his blood, sweat, and his tears wearing a Northwestern football uniform. He continues to honor and uh, lead that university's football program on the sidelines. One of the best coaches, I think, in the Big Ten. Now, again, he always has a limited amount of uh, talent that he can work with, but given what he has done, I mean, he has taken Northwestern to the Big Ten championship game in two out of the last three games. I'm not exactly sure how high of a ceiling Northwestern I really thinks that they can have because we saw that you know Ohio State is still going to be the dominant force in the Big Ten. Northwestern is never going to out-recruit uh, Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan, or probably Wisconsin, they're going to get their talent. There's no question about that. And they've certainly had some very talented players come through there, including guys like Clayton Thorson and, of course, Patty Fisher more recently. Northwestern is a good, solid program. And I think when you take everything into into consideration with just exactly how much Northwestern has to work with and the kind of challenges that they face at some of the other programs around the Big Ten uh, certainly don't. I mean, just look and contrast what Northwestern does with what Illinois does. Illinois is a program that should be far more successful than Northwestern on the football field year in and year out. But here we are. 
like I said, Northwestern's been to the Big Ten Championship game two out of the last three years. Illinois can't even scratch 500 most years. So there is something to be said about, I think, the kind of program that Pat Fitzgerald has built there. And I think Pat Fitzgerald is one of those guys who has had his name thrown around the coaching rumor mill to some degree or another over the years. And I don't know how seriously that should have been considered as a realistic possibility that Pat Fitzgerald would leave Northwestern. I've always thought that there was probably going to be a good opportunity for him along the way that would entice him to leave Northwestern. But I think the writing's on the wall here. This guy is a Northwestern lifer. And I think it's very difficult for a, a guy that has meant so much to the program, been so much a part of building this program and winning on the football field as a player and now uh, guiding them to the, all the wins that they have on the sideline as a head coach. It is very difficult for a coach in that kind of a situation, one where he grew up around this program, basically, or grew up in the program, I should say. It's very difficult to lure him away from that situation. And the fact that Northwestern is backing him with a 10-year deal that's going to run through, I believe, 2030 at this point. I guess it's a contract extension. This is going to be Pat Fitzgerald, Mr. Northwestern, for the next decade. Uh, and this is a guy that's probably not even going to get fired if they have some down years because it is Northwestern. <laughs> like I said, the, the ceiling is not very high, realistically, for Northwestern football. Can they win a Big Ten championship game one day? Probably. Because if they're going to the Big Ten championship game, odds are they could get one of those games to go their way. We saw them be very competitive against Ohio State a couple years ago. Then they had the down year in 2020. I'm sorry, 2019. And then they bounced back uh, seriously in 2020 to get back to the Big Ten championship game. And uh, I think Pat Fitzgerald deserves a lot of credit for what he is able to do. And I think he's one of the best coaches in the Big Ten. Again, he's not going to win the Big Ten titles. He's not going to out-recruit anybody. But what he does in building the mentality for how that's program plays, he gets the most out of his players than I think any other coach in the Big Ten can possibly do. And I've always loved the philosophy of how Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern recruit players because, like I said, they're not going to get the four-star and five-star blue-chip players. I mean, they may get one every now and then, but they're not going to make that a routine basis. So what are they doing when they are recruiting? They're recruiting guys that have been team captains at the high school level. They build a roster of team captains. And yeah, every program that's out there, they're going to have team captains. You know, Even those blue chip players, some of them are going to be team captains going into programs that have very high expectations, conference championships, national championships. But when you're at Northwestern, it's a different mentality. You're talking about players that are all coming together. They all have those leadership qualities that you look for in a well-coached team that's willing to be coached and will listen to their coaches and buy into that philosophy that, you know, yeah, they're going to be the underdog, but they're going to make you fight for it. So if you play Northwestern, you better be prepared to play a 60-minute game because even though Northwestern may not win some of those matchups, they're going to make you earn it on the field. And some teams have an easier way of doing it than others. But certainly when you play Northwestern, you better be ready to play. I remember you know, a few years back when Saquon Barkley was on the Penn State uh, Nittany Lions. Penn State goes out to Evanston and Northwestern's just a plucky team, right? And Saquon Barkley was dialed in so much by that Northwestern defense. The, the Northwestern's entire defense was the basic game plan was don't be on the Saquon Barkley highlight field. So Saquon Barkley for the majority of the game was being held to one yard, zero yards, 
minus one, minus two yards. It was not a big day on the ground for Saquon Barkley. Now, eventually, he did get his one break, and he made Northwestern pay for it. But Northwestern just sold out to make sure that they were not going to be able to Saquon Barkley highlight film. And it worked for a long time because Northwestern was in a very good spot to pull off an upset against Penn State. And that's the mentality. You know, they find ways to win games. They find ways to get you off your rhythm. And you know, they don't always necessarily have the talent to get over that final hump. But they are good enough to win a Big Ten West division. And I think in the next decade, we're probably going to see Northwestern playing for some Big Ten championships once again. I'm not saying they're going to win one. But I certainly feel like they're in a very good spot to win a couple of division crowns going forward. As long as the Big Ten keeps those division formats, because honestly, I think they should scrap them. Now, of course, today we will get the ACC schedule. Of course, yesterday we got the SEC schedule. Today is the the ACC's day. So we're going to find out all the, the news and nuggets about the ACC football schedule for 2021 today. So make sure you check that out as well. And I'm sure we'll have some thoughts about it coming up on the future episodes of Locked On College Football. For Matt Mascona of Locked On LSU, I am Kevin McGuire of Locked On Nittany Lions. I want to make sure you guys are following this podcast on all of your favorite podcasting apps, whatever you're using to listen to this right now. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you rate and review. Let us know how we're doing on this podcast. And, of course, come back. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family, your fellow college football fans. There's college football conversation year-round right here on Locked On College Football. So make sure you are staying in tune. we got spring football. we got schedule announcements. We've got NFL draft insight that we're going to be taking a look at. And before you know it, we're going to have another season. It may not be a weird season. It may not be a regular season. But it's going to be a season, and we're all looking forward to that. So thank you once again for listening to today's episode. Uh, for Matt Muscona, I'm Kevin McGuire. Have a great day, guys. And Locked On College Football, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow.